Um, our theme for those of you that are guests is, um, is staying in awe of him. So that, that song was just right, just right. You know, stand in awe of him, how great thou art. And so I've been thinking a little bit about that, even just during some devotional time, and maybe you've been following along doing some of the Bible reading as well. And, and uh, some of those readings are really short and let you have some, maybe even some extra time of meditating. And so I've, I've been giving some attention to just, just our need, our need, and this is what I'd like to preach on here tonight, just our need to be glad in the Lord. Glad, be glad in Him. Stand in awe of Him. And if you stand in awe of Him, then you can be glad in Him. Be glad in the Lord. Would you look at it with me here tonight? We're going to go ahead and read Psalm 32. Though I'll be honest with you, we're not, we're not going to do an exposition of it like we normally would, but Psalm 32 is a beautiful Psalm and, um, and it, it emphasizes at the end of it about being glad in the Lord. There's some other passages we're going to look at, God willing, here, so it may feel a little bit more like a topical sermon. And it's been a long time since I've preached a topical message, and uh, so I'm not sure how this will go. I may repent of it and preach only expository for the rest of my life, but here is an attempt thereat. Okay, so Psalm 32, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Can you say amen right there? Yeah. Blessed, truly blessed, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile. He's not hiding anything. There is no guile. Now, notice what David says here. And many would say this probably reflects back to a time when, when uh, after he had sinned, maybe even with Bathsheba, the, the context of it is not, not clearly given, though it's obvious that there was a period of time when David was not confessing his sin. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you've been trying to just go on and act like everything's okay and you know deep down everything's not okay? That's not okay. Is that right? Yeah, it's not okay. Can't act like that. Here's what happened when he did, verse three. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand, he says to God, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. But then I like verse five, I acknowledge my sin unto thee and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. And again, he says, Selah, like, think about that. <laughs> he forgave the iniquity of my sin. Verse number six now. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters, they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. And then this admonition, verse 9, certainly applies to all of us, doesn't it? Be ye not as the horse or as the mule. Have you ever been like that? 
Don't be stubborn. A horse wants to go when it's supposed to stay, and a mule is stubborn and won't move when it's supposed to go. Well, we can be exactly the same way. Sometimes we go when we're supposed to stay, and sometimes we stay when we're supposed to go. He says, don't be like that. Be not. As the horse has the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows. Notice verse number 10, please. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord mercy shall compass him about. And here it is, verse 11. Be glad in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and what? Rejoice. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. All right, how about we read that verse together in unison? Would you join me in reading that? Verse number 11. Ready, begin. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Are you glad in the Lord? Are you glad in the Lord? Are you, well, you're here on a Wednesday night. That's a real good start. Are you glad in the Lord? We need, we need some gladness. We're living in a time of madness, right? And sadness. And thus we need some gladness. So tonight, let me, let me just talk to you here a little bit tonight about this. Be glad in the Lord. That's our title. Be glad in the Lord. Be glad in Him. The importance of joy in serving the Lord and the danger of serving without it. The importance of serving with joy in the Lord and the danger of serving without it. May God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. Let's think about this here tonight. Be glad in the Lord. Okay, take your Bibles. Let's look at a few verses here together. You ready? Okay, go to Psalm 40. Go to Psalm 40. And you don't necessarily have to hold your place there in, in Psalm 32. I just want to show you a few of the verses that have been coming to my attention and maybe yours as well. Psalm 40 and uh, verse number 16. Psalm 40, verse 16. In fact, this particular wording is found throughout the Psalms and uh, in variations. Um, so there's a lot of admonition this way. Look at verse number 16. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. <laughs> all right, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Okay, Amen. let such as seek thee be rejoice and be glad in thee. Um, and let such as love thy salvation say continually, continually the Lord be magnified. Okay, now this is a unique one. Go to chapter 64. I'm sorry, Psalm 64. Psalm 64. <clears throat> Psalm 63, the one right before it, is really focused on God and just how great uh, God is. And even in the midst of a barren wilderness, that you can have joy in the Lord. Psalm 64 is almost the reverse of it. Um, Whereas Psalm 63 is primarily focused on the Lord and, and how that his soul was thirsting for God and, and just kind of a, a minor reference, we might say, to the difficulties of life as in represented in a, in a barren wilderness. Psalm 64 is the complete opposite. 
the, the majority of the Psalms focus uh, is on is on the difficulties that he's facing. And, and this is likely that that David maybe wrote this after maybe Absalom's takeover and he had to leave and cross in the Kedron and the Kedron uh, uh, River and going across the Kedron Valley and out into the wilderness of Judea. I mean, it's a really rough time and, and, uh, and people were saying things and everybody was opposing David. And so the better, better part rather of the Psalm is about, is about just how much difficulty that David was facing. And so it's completely opposite of Psalm 63. But here's, here's what he says. They, they are basically saying bad things about him, shooting, basically shooting at him. Look at verse number seven, if you would, please. See, this is why topical preaching takes more time because you have to expose, explain every passage that you use. It's a lot easier to preach expo, expository preaching than topical preaching. Are you, are you, anyways, I'm not against topical preaching. I'm just simply saying you got to be in the context of everything that you use here. So we may get out at midnight. I don't know. But anyways, um, be glad in the Lord. Right. Okay. Verse seven. Look at verse seven. No, I'm, I'm just kind of getting around here, but look at verse seven. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. You know, you know what will happen when you've got bad things going on and people are saying things about you and dealing with you in a wrong way. You know what you ought to do? Just let God deal with them because he's a lot better at it than you are. And 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 he does not say vengeance is mine and I'll loan it to you every now and then. No, he just simply says vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. And so he, he says, God shall shoot at them. And even in the life of David, I mean, this was after David had even sinned and done wrong and maybe was even reaping some of the consequences of his own wrongdoing. Wasn't God still good to David, even in the midst of his wrong? And, and so God dealt with Absalom and God dealt with the other adversaries that came against David. And, and so then verse number eight, so they, uh, they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves and all that see them shall flee away. Now notice verse number nine, it says, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God for they shall wisely consider of his doing. And then look at verse number 10, the righteous shall be glad in the Lord. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord. Now things were not going well, but notice what David said. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord. There's times, folks, tonight that you, you can't be glad in your circumstances. But you can always be glad in the Lord. I was walking in here tonight and and uh, as my, our custom is, we park on this side of the building and I make a little shortcut just to get up to the office, kind of look things over one more time. And so uh, I was going past some of the houses and there was about three, three little kids. I'm going to say maybe ages five and under for sure. And, and uh, man, one of them was having a time. I mean, just uh, one kid. I imagine that the little one was probably two or three. And when you're two or three, life is tough. Hardly anything goes your way. Isn't that right when you're two or three? Uh, okay, you, you say, well, I'm, I'm 52 or 53 and things still aren't going my way. Well, evidently that's just life then, right? But, but I mean, his brother, I'm going to say, or maybe his cousin took his ball and I mean, just chunked it over the fence and it was headed for the road for Blackwelder. Man, he let out a squall, you know, and he was not glad in his circumstances. There'll be some times you can't be glad in your circumstances, but you can be glad in the Lord. 
You can, you can always be glad in the Lord. Look, it says, The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Are you getting this so far? Follow along. All right, look at, if you would, Psalm 67. Just a couple, maybe a page over in your Bible. Psalm 67 and verse number four. He says here, Oh, let the nations be glad. Let the nations be glad. This is a very missions-oriented psalm. Beautiful psalm. Um, oh, let the nations be glad. In fact, if you remember a few years ago, we had our theme as verse number three. Um, let the people praise thee, O God, O let all the people praise thee. And verse number five says exactly the same thing. The whole psalm is written in such a way that it's parallel with itself. And, and, but the very heart of it is, O let the nations be glad and sing for joy. You realize tonight that world missions exist because praise to God does not. The vast majority of our world tonight does not know the Lord God Almighty. We, uh, even on our vacation, we took some time, as many of you know, I'm trying to make it to every baseball park in America and, and uh, I'm not sure if that's a great goal or not, but we started it and we're going to finish it. <laughs> so this one took us, this is kind of the last trip that's within a day's drive. And, and so we went up to Minneapolis and, and I had no idea that in Minneapolis, I believe the number, I said this morning was 40,000, but I believe the number now is 50,000 Somalians. The largest population of Somalian people outside of Somalia itself is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Everywhere you go, you're going to see people in head coverings. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, it just really broke my heart as I walked, as I was on a, on a run and I just saw house after house of people there. And I wonder who's reaching the people. We can't get into Somalia, but we can get into Minneapolis. Let the nations be glad and rejoice in him, but they don't know him. And they can't rejoice in him if they don't know him. The Hmong people live also in Minneapolis in St. Paul. The Hmong people, I believe there's 60 to 70,000 Hmong people that live there. They're from Laos and, and uh, that area, maybe, uh, maybe near Myanmar, uh, Myanmar, Myanmar, rather, uh, old Burma and such. And so many of them have, have come here as refugees. Well, they, we, many times we can't get into some of those closed countries, but they're here and we can go there. But they can't be glad in him if they don't know him. Look at uh, Psalm 97. Now, are we doing all right? So, we're almost halfway through. Psalm 97, the first list. Psalm 97, verse 1. The Lord reigneth. The Lord reigneth. Hey, sometimes that's all you need to know is that the Lord reigneth. In fact, it'll help you real good tonight, real well rather tonight to know that I don't reign. Um... And various political parties ultimately don't reign, but the Lord reigns. He says here, the Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitudes of the isle, let the multitude of the of isles rather be glad thereof. The Lord reigns. Hey, maybe you had a tough day today. You know what you can be glad in? The Lord reigns. You may not even want to go back to work tomorrow, but the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. He's in charge. The Lord reigns. And uh, so the Lord reigneth, be glad. All right, uh, look at verse, uh, sorry, Psalm 100, just a couple pages over, Psalm 100. This is one of my absolute favorite Psalms. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Complaining? No, singing. Yeah, make a joyful noise. Hey, that means all of us can qualify the noise part. 
right? And it can be joyful. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. There it is again. Serve the Lord with gladness. Evidently, it's important to God that we serve Him with gladness, that, we, that we're glad about it, that we're rejoicing in it. Hey, I hope you're here tonight and you're glad to be here tonight. And I realize sometimes uh, my soul on a Wednesday night, you just barely get here because you had a day. I understand that. Um, I got up here tonight and I went to put my lapel on and it exploded on me. Like the plastic part just, poof. I don't know how hard Brother David preached Sunday night and the Ted preached and what's been going on here, Brother Lindsay, but man, it just, I mean, the, the plastic parts just blew apart, got home from our, uh, from our vacation last night. Everything, you know, went relatively smooth as it can in a 12 hour car ride with everybody there and, and, um, had a good time, got out on the lake, did a little bit of fishing, caught no fishes, but anyway, still had a, a good time and got a boat hung up on, on, a, on some logs. They had a tornado up there and found out that some of those logs were submerged and, Got up on top of one of them, got loose. So anyways, overall had a great time, came home and the water heater was out. Man. And you know, you know what I've been meditating on all day long, you know, getting ready to preach. Be glad in the Lord. <laughs> Nothing in me this morning wanted to preach on be glad in the Lord. But I can still be glad in the Lord. God supplies. God's taking care of that already. I'm glad to tell you. Anyways, it's just, I'm just simply saying to you, look, life is not going to go like you'd like for it to, but God is who God is and you can be glad in him. Be glad in the Lord. Uh, let's look at a few more verses here together. Do you, th do you think this is important enough for us to consider on a Wednesday night about being glad in the Lord? I'm, I'm building up to something here that I really want you to see. Uh, Psalm 104, sometime this year, God willing, I want to spend some time studying out Psalm 104. It's a beautiful Psalm about creation. I'm getting very excited about about even our vacation Bible school and that we have opportunity to put before children that on day one, God created in, and what he created on day one and then day two, then day three and so forth and help them understand that you're not the process of evolution and, and that you are not the process of a big bang. But no, there's a God in heaven that, that designs you and will supply for you and take care of you in your life. And he cares for all of his creation. That's what Psalm 104 is all about is how that he cares about all of his creation and, and what he... In, within that creation, he cares about you and I. And look at the very last, um, the next to last verse of chapter of Psalm 104 and verse number 34. It says, my meditation of him shall be sweet. Have you thought about him lately? You spend some time thinking about him. You can say with the psalmist, my meditation of him shall be sweet. My meditation of him shall be sweet and I will be glad in the Lord. My meditation of him shall be sweet and, my, and, uh, and I will be glad in the Lord. Scripture, as you've seen here, and we could go on, there's Psalm 122. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up into the house of the Lord, you know, and there's so many other verses. In fact, I thought about it this way. There's so many verses in God's word, specifically the Psalms, but not just uh, completely in the Psalms, but also in, the, in Chronicles and in Samuel, and, and we're seeing it many different places. There's so many scriptures that admonish us to praise the Lord I believe for this reason, number one, God is greatly to be praised. Number two, we're prone not to praise the Lord. If there's so many verses in here that admonish us about praising him, he obviously ought to be praised. And evidently, 
There's something about us that doesn't just naturally praise the Lord and find joy in him. Now, there are certain things in life that just bring you instant joy and gladness. Um, if I mention your favorite food here tonight, in fact, maybe all I have to do is just mention a general food in terms of pizza and suddenly there's some joy and gladness that just suddenly hits your taste buds. I, uh, my mom makes incredible lasagna. Amen. amen and amen. And I knew, even as a, as a, I believe I was in college and I'd gone over to the Deckard home and Angie had made lasagna and it was awesome. It was confirmed in my heart and mind and soul that she was the one for me. That's what did it right there is that, that lasagna. Now, whose is better? Mom's or Angie's? Come on now. I'm not answering that. There's no win in that situation, dear friend. But, it, you know, I mean, you think about, uh, about joy and gladness. It's easy to get glad or happy about Food, glorious food. I mean, just think about cheese and pies like strawberry pie, chocolate pie, pecan pie. Come on, can I get a witness right there? Man, it's easy to get happy about that stuff, right? Yeah, that's good stuff. M&Ms, huh? Specifically peanut M&Ms. Yeah, they're in Mall of America. They have the M&M store. And I mean, it's like there are, I don't know, like 40 tubes of M&Ms from, from, uh, from the ceiling down to about, you know, uh, waist level or so that is just filled with M&Ms and you put this little cup under it and M&Ms come out. Now, we didn't do it because we're cheap. <laughs> they were there to look at and looks are free. <laughs> Man, that was pretty awesome seeing all those different colors of peanut M&Ms. I mean, it's like peanut M&M heaven. That's what it was. The joy of M&Ms, the joy of pies, the joy of lasagna, the joy of flying. You know, I love, I love whenever I'm flying, I see a little kid, maybe two years old or so, or four years old, and their nose is up against the window. And man, they're so excited. And, and they we have the takeoff and they're saying, wow, wow. I don't see adults doing that. There are other things that may begin with initial joy, but there's got to be some sustained effort to keep it at a level of joy. Okay, let me, let me run that by you one more time, okay? There's some things that, that maybe begin joyous, but then there's got to be a maintained effort on your part to keep the joy in it. Okay, you ready? Exercise. January 1st, that was joyful. But if you're sticking with it now, it's because you intentionally did that, right? I know when I started running, and then there's still obviously days when you just don't feel like, you just don't want to even put the shoes on and go out at all, you know? I mean, there's days obviously like that. But Brother Preston, Dan Preston encouraged me, he said, if you'll get with this and you'll stick with it, your body will long for it. You'll look forward to it and it just will, will be a great help to you. And, and I was not convinced in the first four weeks. In fact, it took five or six weeks or more or years 
But sticking with it, there's some joy in it. Whether that's running or working out or reading. How many of you are readers? Yep. You probably didn't start out that way, right? Maybe you had somebody encourage you about it. How many of you are not readers? How many of you want to be? Yep. Okay. Not even the, all those hands stayed up. Okay. It's interesting. There's joy in reading, but you have to stick with it. How about this? Marriage, right? Uh, there's some newlyweds in here. Man, everything's so exciting when you first get married. But, and it can be exciting after you've been married a long time. Angie and I are celebrating 25 years this upcoming June and, and uh, still glad to be married, happily married. But you have to work at it. Isn't that right? And parenting, you know, so cute initially. Talking about today, uh, Aaron was sharing and uh, some of their vacation uh, travels and, and all, probably everybody that's had little kids have been through it, you know, when you're traveling and one of them gets sick and, oh man, he said, oh yeah, no, that's joyful. <laughs> no, that's difficult. It's difficult. Here's, here's the point that I want to make here tonight. You're actually only going to stick with something if you have joy in it. Think about that just a minute. You're only going to have joy. You're only going to stick with something. You're only going to be faithful to something if you find joy in it. Now, there's some things like what we mentioned that just come naturally. They're joyful. But there's other things that you have to actually put effort into it to maintain that level of joy. In fact, it can even increase if you stick with it. I'm going to put having joy in the Lord in that category. When you get saved, man, you're excited, or you should be. In fact, if you weren't excited about being saved, I wonder, did you really uh, trust Him as your Savior? But I, I remember when I was saved uh, at age eight, I immediately wanted to get home and call. This was before cell phones. You had to like go home and like call and I couldn't wait to call my aunts and, and my family and tell them I got saved. Hey, that's a blessing. There can be that initial joy, but then over time you can begin to lose your joy in the Lord. Listen to what uh, Leonard Ravenhill said. He said this, entertainment is the devil's substitute for joy. The more joy you have in the Lord, the less entertainment you need. The more joy you have in the Lord, the less entertainment you need. What does that say about the United States of America? And what does that say about us? And I, I'm not saying tonight that God's against us having any kind of fun or enjoyment. That's not the point. But this makes a point, doesn't it? That entertainment is, a, is the devil's substitute for joy. The more joy you have in the Lord, the less entertainment that you need. One of my favorite quotes about joy is by a man named W.B. Knight. And he said this, joy or gladness, I'm using those interchangeably here this evening. Joy and gladness is the flag that flies high over the castle of our hearts, announcing that the king is on the throne. Isn't that good? Joy or gladness is the flag that flies high over the castle announcing that the king is in residence. The king is occupying the throne. Where's your flag tonight? 
Where's your flag? Uh, George Mueller said this, the Lord taught me that the first business I needed to attend to every day, okay, listen to this. The Lord taught me that the first business that I needed to attend to every day was to have my spirit happy in the Lord. The first business that I needed to attend to every day was to have my spirit happy in the Lord. Uh, my first concern shouldn't be thinking of ways to serve the Lord or glorify the Lord, but rather how to get my soul in a happy state in the Lord. Then I can serve the Lord. How to nourish my inner man. Now, I'm not talking tonight about working up something that's fake or phony. I, I, I think we all can see right through that. We know it in ourselves when we uh, maybe act like everything's okay and it's really not. Uh, that's not what we're talking about tonight at all. That's plastic, that's phony. When David says, be glad in the Lord and the righteous shall be glad in the Lord, he's talking about real genuine joy in who God is. Joy in the Lord. Um. Acts 2.46 says this, and they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Immediately, what I'm saying is that immediately when they trusted God as their Savior, Christ as their Savior, I mean, they were getting together every day to, we'd say, have church. I love the spirit and the enthusiasm of many new believers even here tonight. They say, hey, how come we don't have church tomorrow night? It's awesome. That gladness, that joy in the Lord. Uh, we met a gentleman on, the, on our trip to Israel and uh, a pastor, actually, Pastor Ronnie Boyd, uh, the bakers and different ones that went on the trip would recognize that name. And he pastors just right outside of Minneapolis and in the, on the St. Paul side. And so we had the pleasure of going there on Sunday night and he preached out of Colossians chapter one. And I was already thinking about this idea about gladness and joyfulness. And, and he used uh, Colossians chapter one and verse number 11, and which says this, strengthened with all might, talking about Paul praying for the people. He prayed that they might be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and all patience. That means bearing up under difficulty. And all patience, bearing up under difficulty, it's made up of two words actually, to remain or abide under. And so it's to, to abide under difficulty with patience. Uh, we might even say endurance and long suffering. And then listen to this, with joyfulness. And he said this, he said this this past Sunday night. He said, the key, the key to faithfulness is joyfulness. That if you'll, if you'll put your joy in the Lord. Now, I mean, I'd already been given thought to this. And here he is preaching the sermon that I was going to preach. That the key to being faithful to God is finding your joy in him. Because if we'll be joyful in him, then we'll naturally be faithful to him. And the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You keep going as you have joy in the Lord. But if, if you faint in the day of adversity, then what? The proverb says, you, thy strength is small. Okay? So when you, when you work on that and you put it together, uh, Paul was praying for those people in Colossae that they might be faithful. And he knew that the way that they would be faithful was not to put their joy in their circumstances, because they were facing some real difficulty. 
And he knew that the way that they would be faithful was not even putting their joy in the church because people might be unfaithful or, or they might go through tough times even as a church. But here's where he said, put your joy in the Lord. And as you have joy in God, God will get you through some things. He'll bring you through some difficulties and, and cause you to have a peace that is beyond, beyond description. In fact, I like what one man said, Bruce Walkie said this about that particular passage. The difference between exhilaration or, or gladness and excitement about life, the, the difference between exhilaration and depression depends more on what person's spiritual resources than on their circumstances. The difference between, uh, let me just put it in, in the context of tonight's message, the difference between um, gladness and despair is the difference between a person's spiritual resources, not their circumstances. Because if I have the Lord and his word and his sufficiency, it really doesn't matter what the circumstances are because God will be enough in those circumstances. And I can put my joy in him. But when you get away from the Lord or you don't know the Lord, why should we be surprised that people live in despair or try to mask that lack of joyfulness or gladness with alcohol and drugs and all kinds of other things that kind of hide or temporarily soothe? their loneliness. I really believe that God providentially worked it out for us to go to a particular church on Sunday morning and, and uh, there they were starting. Actually, we would maybe refer to it as revival, but the pastor at the Metropolitan Baptist Church, uh, Independent Baptist Church there in uh, the southern part of Minneapolis, he referred to it as this, a spiritual encouragement conference, that we need to be spiritually encouraged. He invited two brothers to come in and their names were Bruce and Sammy Fry. And some of you may know the Fry's. Sammy Fry, um, well, he played at one time with John Denver and some others that way and was trying to make it in uh, music. While his uh, brother, Bruce, if I've got the brothers right, uh, Bruce was trying to make it in Nashville, playing in some um, uh, country clubs and and uh, honky-tonks and such as that, trying to make it big in Nashville. Sammy hit a low point, and God saved him. He turned to God. He found out, while I was looking for fulfillment out there in the world, doing what I wanted to do, I didn't find fulfillment. I didn't find joy. I didn't find gladness until I came to the Lord. For 20 years, he prayed for his brother. And the nightclub that his brother was playing at, the owner of that nightclub was actually murdered and it really caused uh, Bruce Fry to begin to think about his life and where he was. And after 20 years of his brother praying for him, his brother Bruce trusted Christ as his savior. Now they're in their 70s and man, I tell you what, they sang with joy and gladness and just kept singing and kept testifying and they were in church and were happy about it. You know why? They found gladness in the Lord. And when you find gladness in the Lord, it doesn't run out. It only gets sweeter as the days go by. How's your gladness in the Lord? 
Because when you're glad in the Lord, you keep going. But if you're not glad in the Lord, I think that's why people get out of church. You say, no, people get out of church because maybe that church is too narrow or people get out of church because somebody disappointed them or they get out of church because they were hurt or this or that. No, actually, the bottom line, people get out of church because they're not having their joy in the Lord. Because probably while you've been here at Southwest Baptist Church, I imagine you've been disappointed and hurt by somebody that's here. If you haven't, just stay a little bit longer. It'll happen. I'm not saying that, well, I guess I did say that flippantly, but I, uh, it, it's bound to happen. Somebody's going to take your ball and throw it over the fence, so to speak. But you can still be glad in the Lord. Something's going to happen in life. I mean, you're going to come home and something's going to be broke. You can still be glad in the Lord. Is you, you're going to have a difficult situation at work. And I mean, the people are saying all kinds of things about you. And it's, it's almost like they're shooting arrows at you. But you can still be glad in the Lord. And let him handle what you can't. And be glad in the Lord. And there's going to be times, no doubt, there's going to be times in your life. I'm just thinking back through all the verses that we've thought about here tonight and trying to wrap them all together. But in Psalm 32, there's going to be a time even when you fail God, when you sin, when you do wrong. And, and you may try to hide it. You may try to go on like everything is okay. But deep down in your soul, man, it's almost like you're drying up. But you can confess your sin to God. And then you can say with David, blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is covered. And, and you can be glad in the Lord. In fact, what happened in Psalm 32, if we were to do an exposition of it, basically it starts out that way where he's trying to hide his sin and he recognized, I don't need to hide my sin. I need to confess my sin and I need to forsake it. And he found mercy at the, we'd say at the foot of the cross, he found mercy in God. And then what he wanted to do is he wanted to go tell other sinners, hey, listen, I found joy in the Lord. You need to find joy right there. And confess your sin and forsake it and you'll have that, that same exact joy and peace. Because there's joy in the Lord and it'll be your strength. You can have your gladness in the Lord and it doesn't have to fluctuate with your circumstances. You don't have to say, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. And that what Naomi said? Well, she lost her joy in the Lord. But thank God she came back to having joy in the Lord. You can be uh, locked up in prison like Paul and Silas were. And yet at midnight, be keeping everybody awake because you're praising the Lord, right? See God doing some things. See, when we find our joy in the Lord, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. And I, I'm, not, I'm not belittling anybody's circumstances here tonight. I mean, there's some folks in our very church that are going through some really tough times. But you know what I'm seeing in their life? The joy in the Lord. And it's their strength. We all have some low moments. We all do. I mean, that's just life, isn't it? We need to get back just to finding our joy in the Lord. Because when you find your joy in the Lord, then you'll say, I was glad when somebody said, hey, let's go to Sunday school. Let's go to church. Let's go to church Sunday night. Let's stay longer. Let's not look at the clock. I was glad when I left my clock at home, my watch at home, right? No, because I'm, I'm glad in the Lord. Yeah. Joy in the Lord. It really comes down to having peace with God. That's it. Peace with him through salvation. Peace with him in life. How's your peace with God? I hope you don't think me weird, but um, 
trying to learn a little bit of Hebrew, modern Hebrew. Uh, not that I necessarily use it here in Oklahoma, but I teach biblical Hebrew in the seminary and thought, man, it'd be neat. You know, and I, I know we just went to Israel and not going back anytime soon that I know of unless the millennial kingdom comes and then we'll all understand whatever language we're going to speak. But I understand this, the word shalom, you know the word shalom, peace, right? It means hello and also goodbye. But it has more to do with just the absence of problems. It means this, everything okay? So when you ask someone, um, how are you? It literally translates this way. What's the state of your peace? What's the state of your peace? What's the level of your peace? How's your, how's your peace today? And the way to answer that, I'm just, I don't even remember the Hebrew words right now, but so I'll just translate it. And it, you answer in this way, everything's in good order. How about that? Well, as believers in the true Messiah, we can say, my life's in good order because I'm at peace with him. How's the state of your peace? How's the state of your peace? How's your relationship with God? Is everything in good order between you and God? That's how we have the joy of the Lord. I'm so glad to know him. I'm so glad to serve him. We're so blessed to be saved and to know him. And we need to just focus on him and meditate. Think about him. I hope you'll take some time even this summer and away from some busyness and just have some time just meditating, thinking about how good God is and how good he's been to you and get your joy back in God. There's a blessing there. That's the way to serve the Lord. But there's danger when you try to serve God without the joy. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for salvation, forgiveness of sins, provision of daily sustenance and all that we need. Thank you, dear God, for a church family. Thank you, dear God, for your faithfulness in times of uncertainty, even in times of difficulty. Thank you, dear God, that even when there's problems going on around us, that we can trust you and be in a state of peace and rest by being glad in you. Dear God, I pray that you'd help each of us tonight just to evaluate the state of our peace with you here tonight. Because whether or not we remain faithful is gonna come down to our joy being in you. In Jesus' name we pray for your help. Amen.